This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News. Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville is introducing a bill regarding the U.S.-Mexico border. Tuberville's bill is called the Border Safety and Security Act. The senator says the legislation authorizes the secretary of the Department of Homeland Security to suspend the entry of illegal immigrants in order to regain operational control of the border. It also authorizes state attorneys general to bring legal action against the DHS secretary if that person fails to suspend entry to illegal aliens when communities are being strained by the influx of illegal aliens as well as deadly drugs. Tuberville's bill is endorsed by the America First Policy Institute, the Texas Public Policy Foundation, and the Federation for American Immigration Reform. A bill has been pre-filed by State Senator Andrew Jones ahead of the Alabama legislative session. The bill reduces the local occupational tax to 1%. The bill puts a cap on the amount of taxation that a municipality can levy against its workers and prevents new taxes from being created. The current occupational tax rate in the five cities within Jones's district is at 2%. There are actually 25 municipalities in all of Alabama that do levy an occupational tax on their workers, 2% being the highest rate. The bill from Jones has 14 co-sponsors. The city council in Tuscaloosa votes to add more police vehicles to their fleet. The council is hoping that this step will work as a deterrent to crime, with these police vehicles being visible in neighborhoods, and also that it will update the take-home car policy for officers and anyone considering joining the police force. The Tuscaloosa Police Department is currently seeking to add 30 more police officers. And the Montgomery City Council voted unanimously on Tuesday night of this week to purchase more body cameras for their police department. The city will be using the funds from the American Rescue Plan Act to make that purchase. The body cameras will allow for an officer to record from the camera that is placed on his body as well as coordinated with the one in his patrol vehicle. Montgomery Police Chief Daryl Albert says that this helps officers build a better case and it helps with public transparency and accountability. A high school student is fatally shot in Sylacauga. Police are now investigating how the victim was found lying on a road with gunshot wounds. This all happened near a housing complex. The victim was enrolled in the Coosa County School System. However, the name of that victim is not being released to the public at this time. Another recall has been issued by the Food and Drug Administration when it comes to two different brands of eye drops. Two lots within purely soothing MSM drops has sterility problems that could result in blindness. And the bromonidine tartrate ophthalmic solution that is made by Apotex has cracks in the caps, which could also compromise the sterility of the substance. Just a few weeks ago, the FDA issued its first eye drop recall for EzraCare and Delsum artificial tears, and this came due to serious contamination in that product. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, the Memphis, Tennessee Police Department will be releasing the body camera footage and audio of police officers that were involved in the beating death of Tyree Nichols. The traffic stop of Nichols occurred on January 7th. Five officers took part in that event. Nichols was beaten, tased, and pepper sprayed, and then died later from his injuries. All of those officers involved in Nichols' case have since been fired from their jobs. The Memphis City Council held a meeting this week and approved the release of 20 additional hours of footage to this case. 
A federal judge in Florida rules against the Biden administration and its catch-and-release policy used at the U.S.-Mexico border. U.S. District Judge Kent Weatherell ruled that the policy should be blocked from going forward. The Department of Homeland Security issued the memo back in 2021 to authorize alternatives to detention in order to ease the overcrowding in detention centers, so they opted to use ankle monitors, phone tracking, and immigration check-ins instead. Judge Weatherall said that federal immigration authorities do not have the power to provide for those alternatives under existing federal law. The judge wrote that the DHS and Biden administration have effectively turned the southwest border into a meaningless line in the sand that aliens are flooding over without stopping. The lawsuit against the policy was brought by Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody. The COVID-19 lab leak theory is re-emerging as a story this week, and it's getting more facts to back it up from those who were silenced or ignored or called crazy at the beginning of 2020. That includes the former CDC director, Dr. Robert Redfield, who this week spoke to a House Judiciary Committee about the origins of COVID. Here is some of that exchange that Redfield had with Congress members Jim Jordan. Dr. Redfield, you, were, you're, uh, you, you ran the CDC and you were on the Coronavirus Task Force, is that right? Correct. That was formed on January 29th, 2020, is that right? Correct. Two days later, Dr. Fauci gets an email from Dr. Anderson which says what? Virus looks engineered, virus not consistent with evolutionary theory. Is that accurate? That's my understanding. From Next day, I know. Did he share that email with you, by the way, Dr. Redfield? No. As a member of the task force, as a head of CDC, did he share that email with you? No. Okay. Next day, February 1st, Dr. Gary sends Dr. Fauci another email. That email says, I don't know how this happens in nature, but it would be easy to do in a lab. Did he share that email with you, Dr. Redfield? No. You didn't no. see either one of those emails, even though you're head of CDC, even though you're on the coronavirus task force that had been formed just two days, three days earlier. No. Three days later, Dr. Anderson and Dr. Gary, who told us it came from a lab and emails to Dr. Fauci that Dr. Fauci wouldn't let Dr. Redfield see, three days later, they changed their position 180 degrees. The question is why? And Marjorie Taylor Greene. One of those participants, Dr. Anderson, completely reverses himself in an email to the president of EcoHealth, Peter Daszak. Um, my question to you, Mr. Redfield, did you know of any evidence that they had found within three days from February 1st to February 4th to be able to confirm that it was not created in a lab? Um, as I mentioned earlier, unfortunately, I was excluded from those conversations, uh, which I found retroactively very disappointed since I was obviously a virologist and very engaged, and I actually had asked Jeremy Farrar, Tony Fauci, and Tedros to have these conversations. And then to be excluded, I found unusual. I do think it illustrates one point that's worth really focusing on. When you have a group of people that decide there could only be one point of view, that's problematic. And I'll keep going saying it's antithetical to science, and unfortunately that's what they did. And some other devastating testimony was delivered to congressional members this week from a U.S. Marine sniper who was stationed in Afghanistan in August of 2021. That was at the time that Joe Biden ordered all U.S. military to leave the country immediately. Sergeant Tyler Vargas Andrews told the House Foreign Affairs Committee that he and others were guarding the airport and were warned of a suicide bomber near that area. Around 2 a.m. on August 26th, Intel guys confirmed the suicide bomber in the vicinity of and nearing Abbey Gate. Described as clean-shaven, brown-dressed, black vest, and traveling with an older companion. I asked the Intel guys why he wasn't apprehended sooner since we had a full description. I was told the asset could not be compromised. Throughout the entirety of the day on August 26, 2021, we disseminated the suicide bomber information to ground forces at Abbey Gate. 
He was spotted somewhere from noon to 1 p.m. by myself, then Sergeant Charles Schilling, and another. The anomaly in the crowd, who was clean-shaven and fit the description exactly, traveling with an older gentleman. The individual was consistently and nervously looking up at our position through the crowd. They both had obvious mannerisms that go along with who we believed him to be. They handed out small cards to the crowd periodically, and the older man sat calmly and seemingly coached the bomber. Over the communication network, we passed that there was a potential threat and an ID attack imminent. This was as serious as it could get. Vargas Andrews then says that they identified this suicide bomber and were prepared to take the shot. I requested engagement authority while my team leader was ready on the M110 semi-automatic sniper system. The response, leadership did not have the engagement authority for us. Do not engage. I requested for the battalion commander, Lieutenant Colonel Brad Whited, to come to the tower to see what we did. While we waited for him, psychological operations individuals came to our tower immediately and confirmed the suspect met the suicide bomber description. He eventually arrived and we showed him our evidence, the photos we had of the two men. We reassured him of the ease of fire on the suicide bomber. Pointedly, we asked him for engagement authority and permission. We asked him if we could shoot. Our battalion commander said, and I quote, I don't know, end quote. Myself and my team leader asked very harshly, well, who does? Because this is your responsibility, sir. He again replied, he did not know, but would find out. We received no update and never got our answer. The bomb was detonated and Vargas was nearby. He was severely injured. A crowd of hundreds immediately vanished in front of me and my body was catastrophically wounded with 100 to 150 ball bearings now in it. <clears throat> Almost immediately, we started taking fire from the neighborhood and I saw how injured I was with my right arm, completely shredded and unusable. The bomb also killed 13 service members and over 170 civilians. I ask you to please ask me about getting shot at the tower in Abbey Gate and how no one wanted my report post-blast. Even NCIS and the FBI failed to interview me. Ask me to elaborate on my ordeal post-blast and ask me about this one little girl and her family that I reunited. Our military members and veterans deserve our best because that is what we give to America. The withdrawal, <clears throat> the withdrawal was a catastrophe in my opinion and there was an inexcusable lack of accountability and negligence. The 11 Marines, one sailor, <clears throat> and one soldier that were murdered that day have not been answered for. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. If you are enjoying The Daily Detail and want to make sure that these reports come up easily on your smartphone, then be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button on whatever podcasting app you are using. It's usually on the main page of The Daily Detail. That could be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbeam, or some other app. And also be sure to visit 1819 News for more reliable, up-to-date information on what's going on around here in Alabama. You can also join 1819 News by becoming a member, which will get you exclusive content as well as 1819 merchandise. You can visit 1819news.com backslash membership to learn more. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again tomorrow. I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 